when you don't fill your cup, when you don't feel your emotions, when you don't allow yourself to be who you really are, all of that is like, imagine you have a jar inside your body and then you start putting things inside. But when the jar is full, that's fermenting. One day that's gonna explode, you know? So you try to put something else and it Welcome to Openly Spoken. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, growth mindset and mindfulness mentor who loves to lead with quantum self-love. In this podcast, you'll get to hear real and unfiltered stories covering topics around spirituality, womanhood, healing, love, relationships, and more. This podcast is for spiritual, ambitious women who want to live a life that they are in love with and who are looking for a more aligned way to do things because... The world loves to tell us women what we quote, should be. So think of this podcast and my work as your guide to bring you back home to your truth and what makes you uniquely magical. Feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe, where I periodically share video content from the podcast and where my DMs are open for you to connect with me. I'm so grateful that you chose to listen in today and I invite you now to set an intention sit back, relax, and receive the transmission coming to you through Openly Spoken. Thank you for being here. Now let's dive in. Hello, welcome to Openly Spoken. My name is Celia and I am your host. I am so excited to bring to you for the month of pride this mini season, season three, where we are featuring people who are part of the LGBTQIA plus community. Because if you don't already know, I'm self-expressed babe on Instagram and being able to express yourself authentically has a special place in my heart, really special place in my heart. Authenticity, freedom, and harmony are my main values. And This is something that everyone deserves. Everyone deserves to show up in their truth and still be loved for it because we're all worthy for love. But before I go off on a long tangent, I want to introduce you to this week's guest, Raquel Marcos. Raquel is an international hypnotherapist and emotional resilience coach for female entrepreneurs, helping them find freedom from their mental suffering so that they can achieve their highest potential. She is a certified EFT and emotional resolution practitioner, NLP life coach, and hypnotherapist. So Raquel uses a range of accessible tools and alternative healing modalities to resolve emotional blocks. And in this episode, you're going to hear Raquel's journey of her coming out, We have this amazing little deep dive into emotions and living in the capitalistic world and just showing up as our true self. And I just got off of this call like 10 minutes ago (laughs) and it was such a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful to, I'm so grateful to be here, to be able to create this podcast. And I'm so grateful that you are here listening and that I can give you this transmission. And I hope that you who are listening, I hope that this opens and softens your heart. I hope that if you are out there and you're struggling with your own self-expression, with your own sexual expression, with your own identity expression, I hope that this 
episode gives you the love and the representation and the mirroring and the support that you need to go out there and show show the world the magic that is you. So without further ado, let's have a chat with Raquel Martos. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for being on Openly Spoken. And I'm so excited to have you here to celebrate Pride Month because my heart really goes out to anyone who is struggling to express their true self, anyone who feels that their true self is wrong. And there's just, there's so much stuff that I really wanted to bring a voice to this issue and to this community and amplify your voices this, this month because that's so important to just be yourself, you know? So anyways, (laughs) I totally agree with you. (laughs) So let's start by you introducing yourself to people who are listening and then we'll go into your story. So my name is Raquel. I'm a hypnotherapist and I'm an emotional resilience coach. And I'm a lesbian Um, and I'm very happy to be here today. Yay. (laughs) How did you get into, I'm curious if, um, if your coming out and your questioning your own identity led you to the modalities you use now, like hypnotherapy and and I know you, you use NLP and stuff like that. Is Mm -hmm. that, does that have, um, do those intertwine like those journeys of you finding that stuff? Actually, yeah. Um, when I came out, it wasn't voluntarily. I was definitely outed. And I was around 14, I think. Um, so long, long time ago. And obviously things were not, back then were not as they are today. And I always felt like this kid that, I mean, I wasn't bullied or anything, but I felt always like a stranger Like I was completely different from my peers. I was interested in everything that was a little bit more mature for my age. Mm. Uh, Didn't connect very well with the other kids. Um, And then I always wanted like something else. I was looking for something more. And when I discovered I was gay, I was by a supposed to be friend who um, basically asked me a lot of questions until she realized that I didn't like boys and then she told the whole school Mm. um, which was like a huge uh, issue for me at the time because I've been always very private I was a bit shy back then and this was like a big turmoil in my life yeah Uh, when you're 14 that's like a big deal that like everyone is knowing even like anything about yeah, that part of your life like we don't want anyone to know that's such a like insecure age too mm-hmm. and Gosh. for me it was like because I'm from a very small town so my experience was okay if I stay here I'm gonna die alone and sad and mm-hmm. now everyone knows because my town is so small so it literally everyone knew and it almost it also got to my mom's ears so <laughs> I had no secrets for anyone back then anymore. Um, so after that, I decided I was not 
able to stay in that place anymore because I was looking for, you know, a relationship and discovering and exploring my sexuality. So I decided as soon as I could, I would move out of my hometown and I went to Madrid to study. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Um, but all my friends were straight or gay men. Um, so there was never a, a time for me. So during this whole time, I had to deal with all the emotions that I was having and try to accommodate because it's still um, men are more visible. Straight people can go everywhere. You want to have fun, you go to all the bars, you can find uh, other people, you know, to, to meet. And it's very easy, but there was never a time for me. And I had to deal with a lot of frustration and also feeling a little bit lonely uh, because I had very good friends, but I never had anyone that I could share my experiences with that had the same experiences that I was going through. Mm -hmm. So um, then I uh, thank God for the internet. And then I found this forum and I went on a meetup uh, with a bunch of uh, gay girls um, there were so many um, <laughs> and it was great like I had the I had a blast it was one of the best nights of my life and I made a lot of friends uh, friends that we still friends today oh that must have so, been amazing to finally be like yay people like me exist <laughs> yeah it was really fun and it was even more fun afterwards when I started discovering that this other world existed where, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was all girls around and then we got to share our experiences, the coming out stories, how different it was for, for each of us. Um, if, most of all, discovering that I wasn't alone anymore. Mm-hmm. So that gave me a sense of empowerment. Like, it's okay. I'm fine. I have a right to exist where before I was always like on the side and most more mostly like um I didn't have the right to ask for what I wanted so Mm. when I was going out with my friends there was nights where we would go out to gay bars for men or we would go to regular bars so there was never the lesbian bar night for me never that didn't Um, exist in Madrid like oh it did it did definitely okay Okay. very uh, like very big, very nice, uh, super fun, mm-hmm. but just my friends didn't go there. So when I met this uh, group of lesbians, it was fantastic because then I got to be in places where people were dressing like me, people mm-hmm. that moved like me and talked like me, uh, people who were having the same experiences. And for the first time in almost, I think I was like 20 almost. Mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, I belong, finally. So that was a good training for what had to come afterwards. Um, But I think uh, it definitely shaped my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So when you were in your town and uh, you said that your mom found out because like the gossip kind of like traveled, how did your mom react? Uh, She was very cool about it. Um, she was cool about she, it that's good yeah she 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 had this thing that we need to talk so mm. I was avoiding <laughs> that for a long long time until I, <laughs> there was a 31st of December and then I was doing homework I think in my room and she just 
came and said like, oh, we need to talk like now. Um, but she was very sweet about it. Of course, I was super embarrassed and like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. Like, this is like, I was like, oh, feelings, ew. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, being a teenager, but also being like a little bit of a cat because I didn't have that connection to other people, right? So mm. for me, love was something that was off the table. So when people mm. tried to give me love, I was like, no, 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 no. Mm. So um, it was a bit, definitely it was, a very awkward moment um <laughs> but she was totally cool about it and after that even she still let me bring uh girlfriends to the house still not uh boyfriends no Didn't boyfriends but girlfriends are allowed <laughs> yeah which was like very strange for me but I was like well whatever you know I don't I don't yeah. care if I can bring girls that's good <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah that's and she good. was also very supportive of my relationships. And so, yeah, she's been pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm glad that you yeah. had that. Thank yeah, you. Because some people that I've reached out to uh, share their story on this podcast, like their stories are a little bit, they don't have, they didn't have that support from their family. So mm. like, uh, I don't know if I want to share it, but I'll talk on your podcast about something else. <laughs> yeah, it must so. be really hard. Because yeah. um, yeah. your parents are supposed to be the people that love you the most, and if you don't yeah. have that, um, yeah. life is double hard. I I assume. Yeah, that's what breaks my heart the most. Like, yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles, so it's very liberal here. Like, there there was never any like homophobia where I grew up. And then Ooh. after high school. I moved to Miami, Florida, which is where that was where I first like my family. We used to go there for vacation from the time I was mm -hmm. like 15. We would go there every summer. And I remember my sister and I would see like men holding hands and we're like, what, what is this? This is cool. This is this is different. <laughs> and then like we learned that that's what gay was. And we're like, cool. <laughs> but there was never any like resistance or judgment because of where I grew up. So when I hear about people who come out to their parents, like the, the, the two people that are supposed to love you unconditionally and they yeah. get kicked out, like it breaks my heart, especially cause like my husband and I, like I've talked to him about that before. And I'm like, you know, if one of our, if, when we have kids, if they're in school and one of their friends gets kicked out for being gay, like I would love to have them live in our house, but you can't, it's against the law. It's like kidnapping or something. Yeah, the parents have to surrender them, I think, first. That's yeah. oh, so heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And it's totally, in my opinion, uh, stupid from uh, the parents because they're yeah. losing they're losing incredible people. Um, yeah. There has been so many gay people all around the world that have achieved enormous and really important things. Um, so I just think it's their loss, you know. Yeah, true. And and even if not, like you don't have to achieve anything to be worthy of being loved. Like no, totally. You are their totally. you like these people were their babies and just because they don't they don't fit the mold of what they wanted them to be. That's part of why I wanted to do this cuz like some people told me like you're going to lose followers and I'm like, "Okay, that's fine. Like I'm I am here to open people's hearts more 
Like honestly, mm-hmm. with everything that I do, everything from every Instagram post, anything, I'm here yeah. to to spread more love in this world. So yeah, we went off on a little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> so you, where you grew up, your whole town found out. And then when you were 20, you said you moved to Madrid. And then now here you are, you found finally this community of people that were like you. So yeah. what was, what was the growth? What was your growth and your journey? Like from there, what came up for you? So I started go, uh, going out more with uh, these new friends and then I got to live a more, a more adventurous life. Uh, we went on trips, we went out a lot. I got to experience a lot and also my own sexuality because before I didn't really have the chance to meet a lot of people or to explore much. Mm-hmm. Um, but just having this group of friends made me have this safe container so mm-hmm. I knew I was safe in there. So it was definitely um, a good group. If you had your heart broken mm-hmm. or if you had cool stuff to share, they were really supportive and a really uh, fun group. <laughs> yeah. And we're still friends uh, till today. And actually, when I had to move from Spain to somewhere else in the world, I was debating to go to Chile because they they speak Spanish or to London mm. because my these some of these friends were there mm-hmm. so I moved to London with them and that's where my um my biggest chunk of uh, spiritual growth journey uh started definitely my spiritual growth came from not feeling again uh, feeling out of place being completely uh, lost I had way too many jobs I met way too many people definitely I had a a lot of um, partners back then but none of them were sticking I didn't um, none of them were like what I wanted and I was very much like um, sorry like I was very much um really lost because I was in a country that I honestly didn't like very much and then I didn't really speak the language so well uh, uh thanks to my partner now I'm a, a pro <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't really like the country my friends were very supportive but I was always missing something and then uh I discovered coaching through um through podcast and then I started reading and it was really interesting. And I think I got hooked. Then mm-hmm. I made a friend who's, um, who's a coach. And then I started like diving into the whole thing and everything started making sense. So I just went to this massive uh, journey to meet my inner self, who really, who mm-hmm. I really am. Mm-hmm. And I went from being this super tough girl uh, no feelings, no nothing. Mm. No feelings mostly because I thought that I was um, I was about to suffer if I felt something. So I was trying to protect myself because yeah. of the of the past. Um, but what I discovered was like uh, in feeling my emotions was the um, the pathway to healing. Mm. So. Then the more I knew, the more I wanted to do. And then something big happened. 
that definitely that was the explosion to the next uh, stage of my life who brought all the growth and made me who really I am today mm-hmm. um, because after that I went to a depression and then that's where I learned all the tools that I'm teaching now mm-hmm. and I went from not being able even to leave my house for for days not even to go to the supermarket crying terrible like it was like mm-hmm. going to the supermarket was a whole drama going to work was a whole drama and then within three months I was completely recovered being able to travel went back to work so for me that was a big call like oh okay so this is this is it mm-hmm. I've tried all the jobs in the world and yeah. none of them were really important so like I didn't really feel like, oh, this is it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then with this, I felt like I had to share with the world. Mm-hmm. This is too good not to share with the world. People are struggling. And when you struggle for months or years, it's really hard. So why suffer for years when you can heal that in a few months? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here I am today. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm celebrating you, your healing, your growth. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Which modality did you discover first and what was it like? Uh, it's called, it? So first I discovered coaching with NLP. Okay. And, and then I discovered emotional resolution, which is somatic healing. Okay. Um, but you don't need to move. You can do it while you're sitting now, which is great. Uh, and then I found hypnotherapy Mm. and then by applying all these things onto myself and practicing in others I got like high on other people's success so (laughs) I I started feeling like oh okay this is this is cool Mm -hmm. you know every time I had a uh, well a case study that came back I slept the whole night and before they came because they couldn't Mm. or people that had a lot of anxiety and they didn't have anxiety anymore for me it was groundbreaking like, okay I can do this for a living um, and then I, I decided to change careers and go in a different direction and definitely it's been so worth it mm-hmm. and about what you were saying before about losing followers for doing things like this uh, I was very hesitant at the beginning about sharing my sexuality like I to me it's very obvious that I'm not straight I always say that I have it written in my forehead <laughs> um mostly because the way I move around like it's, it's really obvious to me but yeah. some people don't have really a radar so they don't know um but I'm always very open and very vocal about it uh, whenever with the things that are part of my set of beliefs, I always share them because I really don't want people that don't fit that to follow me. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have less followers and spread the word to the right people than yeah, having exactly. more people that are going to spread hate. Mm-hmm. Because the more hate you bring into the world, the worse it is. So, mm-hmm. so Yeah. Uh, it was a bit scary though. I never shared photos of my partner until way later. <laughs> <laughs> but once yeah. I did it, definitely it was it was very much liberating. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you may think, 
but it's been so long like you've been out for more than 20 years mm-hmm. well still you need to still keep coming out every single time to every single person you know because people yeah. always that must be yeah. so annoying <laughs> I've heard it that from other very, guests yeah yeah <laughs> it is very annoying because I mean people don't do it with in malicious way right yeah but to me it's really obvious so mm-hmm. I whenever I go somewhere I always say I have a girlfriend you know same way as straight people talk about their husbands or their wives or partners because then it's not three months in that I you know, it comes into a conversation and then it's awkward. Mm. Like, say, if you know from the very beginning, then that's fine. Then yeah. we can do all the gay jokes and you, we can have this uh, camaraderie that otherwise I would be like, oh no, but what if this is going to be weird or, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's true, it's a little bit annoying because it's like, oh, there we go again. Yeah. Yes, and it's not I have like a girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not like straight people have to go around being like, this is what, this is my sexual preference, like to everyone that they meet, like, just so you know. Yeah. (laughs) Just so you know, I'm straight, huh? Yeah. And it's like. Never said anyone. (laughs) And that's the wild thing about how most of the world reacts to people not being straight. It's like, it's none of your business. (laughs) (laughs) it's like because at the end of the day I don't really care you know like uh yeah uh when people ask oh and but it's not really important to me who you are sharing your life with yeah unless that person is you know bad to you or something yeah all that matters is that we all get to be happy yeah exactly so Mm -hmm. um especially now that's becoming more mainstream and you're seeing more things on tv and you get to see reactions. Like I was watching um, a show the other day and there was one of the characters is now with someone that is non-binary and it was like this huge thing. And I could see how uncomfortable this person was because this woman is is used to be straight Mm -hmm. Um, or at least that was the way it was presented on TV. And now that it's obvious that she's not, she needs to go through her own process, but they yeah. just dissect the whole thing during the program instead of giving her the time. You always need some time to process and to make it public. You mm. need to build it up, feeling yeah. confident and comfortable with it and then sharing it. Because if you don't do that, it kind of, it's like getting naked. Like someone <laughs> is taking off your clothes in the middle of the street. That's literally the feeling of it. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's really important that this this thing that you're doing is really important. Uh, more queer people sharing their experiences is really important. Representation is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish there was some representation uh, 20 years ago. No, yeah. that wasn't all sad. And because through that, all the movies were, um, they all were sad. All the mm. lesbians on TV were dying. They were miserable. They were mm. sad. Terrible yeah. things happened to them. Yeah, uh, like when I was in <laughs> when I was in high school, I can only think of two examples of media where there were people who were queer. One was a, a Canadian show called Degrassi. Haven't watched that one. You haven't heard that. And then one was a musical called Rent, which was really sad. Like they were like dying. Oh. 
I haven't watched that one either. But I remember uh, coming back from school and going to the blockbusters and just, you know, there was this movie and I took it to my room. It was a CD, so I watched the computer with the headphones, you know, all secrecy. But the character <laughs> died. It was all desperation and hardship and every single time they were all sad movies i think it's been many years later when you started seeing happy characters maybe yeah. with the l word i think yeah. the l word was one of the queerest folk mm -hmm. and the l word i think were pivotal especially the l word uh, yeah. for the lesbian community yeah. that was the first time that you saw so many different type of lesbians on tv and they were successful and happy mm -hmm. yeah do you think it's um do you think it's more accepted like in your experience do you think it's more accepted to be a gay man than to be a lesbian because i feel like that's a little bit more that's been popular for longer like i remember being in middle school and having like Uh, my whole thing, I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was a kid. And many of the designers that are big are men and they're like, obviously gay. Mm -hmm. There's no problem with that. <laughs> I think like with everything, men are more visible, mm -hmm. uh, especially white men. Um, yeah. They're everywhere. and They are the stereotypical, uh, all, all women want to have a gay friend that's going to do the hair, the makeup, and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you have a friend or a slave, you know? Uh, your friend is not the person who's going to do you. You pay someone to do that for you. Yeah. Uh, but you don't want to have a friend just for that. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's, um, as women, we are just more invisible. Because something that I actually have experienced is, when, especially when I go out with my girlfriend, because she's more feminine, They look at her always. Mm. Uh, I had times where if I was more feminine, mm. then men looked at me. But if mm. I wasn't, they, they, they wouldn't. Mm. So very interesting, right? It's like yeah. you get erased. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you go to places, it's like um, you're important if you are this um, stereotypical image of what a woman is or what a man is, but a lot of gay men fit that image. Mm. But yeah. if not, they have this other image that's fully accepted, but you won't see at the Met Gala or any, you know, the Oscars, mm. um, you still, how, all the people that go there, how many of those are non-very um, non feminine lesbians? How many? One? Two, yeah, yeah. that I don't remember her name, but the woman from uh, Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't, yeah, so her name either. But apart from that, I've never seen people, um, like this type of women just going to yeah. these places, being super visible, very famous. You, well, yeah, you have some people that are Ellen DeGeneres, maybe, <laughs> but she's. <laughs> she's like uh, the first one right yeah so you, you have her so she can do that because she's let's say the icon because yeah. she was the first one fighting for that on tv mm -hmm. um but then if you have um i don't know like 
even like for me, it was very refreshing when, um, what's his name? Mm-hmm. When Elliot Page mm-hmm. before, that was for me very refreshing. Or like someone yeah. who's, you know, more tomboyish is, yeah. at, you know, going to these events, like all things are changing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, as a trans man, mm-hmm. it, it, he's being so supported and still having all this community around being like, you stay where you are. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be erased from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, That was one of the fears I'm assuming for him, but also for the people that are supporters, we need more representation. Yeah. Because right now, for example, you have a lot of trans women, but not many trans men. Yeah. You see, if you come from a woman, you don't yeah. exist. Yeah. Huh. That's so true. It's very sad though. Yeah. Because we're great. <laughs> and and also what you said about being more feminine. Um, and what's coming to mind is someone named, I think her name is Grace Highland. I found her when I used to have a TikTok. I had to delete TikTok because I have no discipline with TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but she came out to her father before hitting puberty and instead of going through puberty going from a boy to a man and then having to transition from a man to a woman she went through puberty like she started her hormone therapy and everything as she was going through puberty so she went from boy to a woman and she looks so feminine like she doesn't fit the um, stereotypical image, what people think a trans woman is. And because she's so feminine, like she gets such a big following and stuff, uh, which is, which is great because she's, she's going back to representation. Like she's Mm -hmm. representing uh, a different portion, but it's just interesting that like, because she's so feminine, she's getting, she's getting all that attention. We, tend to we as a society we tend to praise the things um the people that are more looking more real mm. what is what is more known to us yeah um so it's like when you go a different country you go to the supermarket you are more prone to choose something from the shelf that looks like what you buy at home mm. so um in this case um that's just an example right but for people it's like oh Nah, but then if you have someone who transitioned later on in life and is not looking so much, um, not the same as this person that you described, mm-hmm. this person tends to be more bullied or treated differently. And I think yeah. that's really sad because at the end of the day, inside, they are who they are. And the way we look doesn't, doesn't necessarily need to impact the way we're treated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it helps definitely when you are like a cis passing, mm-hmm. it's uh, definitely helpful. Um, I, there was someone in my school who was very bullied as a little gay man or gay, gay boy. And now, uh, she's a beautiful woman. Same example as you described before, all the mm-hmm. people that bullied him as a boy now want to get in bed with her. Oh, uh, which I think is such a such an irony. And yeah. I'm really happy for her. 
because yeah. I saw what they did. So it's, it wasn't nice. Yeah. And that, you know, she managed to pass all of that and just going and growing as this beautiful woman and living her true life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you need to have guts to do that. Mm-hmm. And and I think because of the bullying and what people say, because people love talking and having an opinion about everybody's life, um, it makes it really hard for people that maybe want to do that later in life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that are not uh, on social media, they just disappear for X time and then just reappear. Um, you know, where it should be a journey that um, maybe would be nice to, to, you know, be their companion, be there for them, be supportive. Because I always think if being gay is such a lonely road or has been such a lonely road for me and so hard in so many moments, Mm -hmm. that must be terrible because you're not battling with other people only. You're also battling with your own body, which is like, you cannot remove yourself from that. You yeah. live inside their body. So yeah. I think it's really it's really tragic that we still, uh, 2022, we're still having to, to fight for this. Even with this, um, in the UK now, they, they were trying to, they removed uh, conversion therapy for oh. uh, homosexuality, but for for trans they kept it and that's like that's so stupid just remove the whole thing like Hmm. why are you gonna punish these people what have they done they deserve to be free too yeah you know wow yeah very sad we're going backwards (laughs) yeah it, it really is it really is nuts that we live in 2022 and in general, we are still looking at people based on what they look like, whether yeah. it's whether it's your sexual expression, whether it's your race, like there, there's these things that we're focusing on when really like if you're someone who has gone through a spiritual awakening and you come to the truth of like what oh I'm like gonna cry like what human beings are yeah like I I wish I wish the world knew that (laughs) because then we realize that all that stuff doesn't matter you know it's just things that are used to get us to buy stuff yeah and used to make us good consumers and (laughs) it's like uh I'm gonna be a little bit unpopular but um Capitalism has divided us, um, suppressing our true being mm. and, and self-expression. And no wonder people are depressed. Yeah. Like if you go to work and for 10 hours a day and you have a long commute and you don't really have time uh, to spend the money you earn or even worse, when you don't earn enough. Yeah. So you just work to survive. How are you going to be able to explore what is possible for you? How are you going to uh, deep into, you know, dive into your trauma to fix it? You just yeah. on autopilot, drinking on the weekend, getting into fights, getting into easy conversation. And if the only thing that the media is feeding us is uh, reality, drama, war, fights, or very negative things. Yeah. So where is the space? 
for love, where is the space for people to understand each other, a place of conversation when everyone can be themselves without being criticized, you know, having also some support. Uh, for me, I think that the system is broken. And I think most of people, especially the people who don't want to hear about uh, self-growth or, you know, being spiritual or whatever you want to call this. Yeah. They are just so trapped in the hamster wheel that they are not allowed. Uh, they're not allowing themselves mm -hmm. to go and look farther than that. Yeah. But if you think about how you were a few years back and the person you are now, like, yeah, I've watched reality and whatever. And I've, you know, I've been judgmental as well. But now I'm like, no, why do yeah. I care? I don't, I, you know, exactly. like what people do with their life is not, uh, yeah. it's just when it's uh, affecting you or your community. That's why I don't understand all these new bills and all these laws trying to go backwards. Like for me, mm -hmm. like, why do you care? Yeah. Why do you care? Why is so mm. important for you? Um, but yeah, because when, when you go um, and live your own life and you're happy with, with your people and the things that you have and your own experience, your living experience, then you don't need to go into that. Yeah. And, and maybe like whoever the people are who are in charge of this whole capitalistic system, maybe they think that like, if we're all happy and full of love, then we won't buy anything, which mm -hmm. I don't think is true. Like, we won't buy we won't buy bullshit stuff that's for sure we will still want to have things in our life but it'll like our spending habits will definitely be different mm -hmm. i just think it's interesting that like the whole system depends on like making us feel bad to buy stuff making us feel like there's something missing in our life to buy things and, but that's like, how it works yeah because how many people do you know that overeat mm. to, to um, feel whatever uh, thing that is missing within themselves people who go shopping uh, yeah. all the time I used sad. to be me I used to go shopping all the time especially someone who like I studied fashion design so I was all the I was, I was in it I was so in it mm-hmm but that, for example, is one of the, the things that you go, you buy all these things, but because it's constantly mm -hmm. that you keep buying or you, um, so I'm sad, I'm going to go shopping. I'm happy, I'm going to go shopping. Same yeah. with food as a reward. <laughs> I've done so well, I'm going to eat or I'm going to have a glass of wine or a bottle, <laughs> you know, or, oh, I'm sad, I'm going to drink and when you think about it, none of these things help because at the moment when mm. you spend the money and you have the bag in your hand, you may be happy. But as soon as you get home, you put the shoes with the other 70 pairs that you have and that's it. You know, you're still home alone with, with your own um, void. Yeah. So I think the solution, uh, capitalism found the you know, they created a problem so you can find your own solution. But for me, I think love it would be the answer. More love, more understanding, 
more community. We are social beings, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And the fact that now everything is also online and not having that touch or that physical connection with other people, like hugs, you know, are really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing people, having the proximity and touching them, you know, in the high and you touch the shoulder or whatever, but that kind of stuff um, is really important for us to feel good mm-hmm. as human beings. Mm-hmm. I can see why you do the work that you do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to talk a little bit about your work and where people can find you? And then we'll go into, I'd like to do a little rapid fire questions at the end. Okay. Because it seems like talking Uh, about your work now aligns with what what you, everything you just brought up. (laughs) So um, I work with emotions um, because we, um, we are, we have been taught to suppress the way we feel. So we can keep going to work, keep being an autopilot to be able to be productive. You know, you go to work so you can produce your money. So you spend, you know, that that will. But many, many times people feel, how many people do you know that get um, very sad or very anxious on Sunday? Mm, Yeah. So that's work on Monday. Mm -hmm. That's a clear sign. I have many friends that, but Monday, they're miserable all the way. Thursday, they're not so miserable. Friday, they're really happy. They drink all the way, you know, uh, as much as they can. Saturday, hangover, but they go out again. Sunday, big anxiety. That's no way of living. And then when you don't fill your cup, when you don't fill your emotions, when you don't allow yourself to be who you really are, all of that is like, imagine you have a jar inside your body and then you start putting things inside. But when the jar is full, that's fermenting. One day that's going to explode, you know? So you try to put something else and it pop, and then big anxiety coming, or then you get a rush or you get acne, allergies, all of that, psychosomatic things. Um, mm-hmm. Stomach pain is also terrible. And it's also very, um, one of them, how do you say it? Like it's very recurrent thing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people have stomach problems because they are not happy. Yeah. So when I found this work and that you can literally teach your body not to react to your emotions, then your life is easier because while you figure it out, you still need to go to work. But if mm-hmm. you hate your coworker, one day you're going to have a full-on panic attack at work and that's not going to help you, is it? Mm. And then you're going to feel even worse the day after because then people have seen what happened to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, what I do is to teach people to come home to, to their own feelings, to be, to be able to feel the emotions and see that nothing actually happens and the fear is the biggest thing. But the fear is an illusion. Mm. Uh, you know, normally our imagination is uh, it goes so much further than reality. So, oh, yeah. you know, it's that time when, you know, you have a rush and you're like Googling it. Oh, it's something really bad. And then the following day it's gone. So it's like, <laughs> never Google your symptoms. Um, <laughs> yes, that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> and especially nowadays, that a lot of people are suffering from anxiety. Yeah. When for some people it's so 
um, difficult to work on their emotions because they are too big, too much. They're too scared that the dragon is going to be let loose and they're scared of what's going to happen afterwards. But what I would say is when you have the help from someone that's guiding you and going with you in the journey, they have the dragon on the leash. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you open a little bit and a little bit and a little bit until, you know, okay, let's first ahead, you know, seeing everything, but um, it's less overwhelming that, mm-hmm. than when you do other type of therapies where you have to talk about the dragon all the time, again and again and again. I don't really talk yeah. much about the origin of the trauma or what it is that causes it. I'm always curious, I investigate, but I can help you heal something, an anxiety that you have today, mm-hmm. for example, even if the, if the root of that anxiety is coming from 20 years ago. Yeah. We don't need to go to 20 years ago. We can f- uh, heal that and fix it and make it definitely much better working on what happened today or yesterday. Yeah. So that's a, a huge, um, for me, it really makes a big difference because a lot of people are very reticent because they don't want to go and investigate what happened 20 years ago because it's too painful. But yeah. with these tools, it's great because you can also, with hypnosis, you can go back, you can rewrite your story, mm-hmm. you can let things go, you can be in charge, you can do a lot. As far as you have some imagination, you can do amazing things with hypnosis. And it's not anything that you see in a, on TV or in YouTube. With the... Uh, that's what I thought hypnosis was too and then when I first did it I was like oh okay it's it's kind of like meditation a little bit but like yeah with visualizing <laughs> yeah but because you go uh so deeper into the relaxation what you do is you shut down your conscious mind and open the subconscious because it, we like to think we are in charge but the one who's driving the car is the subconscious really Mm. So just by changing the way your subconscious, the thing, the content of your subconscious is how you can change the way you think, the way you feel. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, if you want to find more information about this, you can find it in my Instagram account uh, at Ragmartos or my website, uh, www rockandmartos.com <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in the show notes and uh, I you. also yeah you're welcome I also love what you said about how like we don't need to talk about or or bring up like why things happen because like with my experience with mindset work for example or or even journaling like when we when we think about why something happened then we get lost in the story and mm-hmm. like we re-traumatize ourselves or we get very identified with like oh this is this is just how I am and yeah so I think the work you're doing is very much needed um thank you so much I really love it so yeah (laughs) (laughs) so now at the end I like to do some rapid fire questions the first one is what does self-love mean to you accepting the way you are Mm, love it with any of these questions if you want to elaborate more feel free to go ahead just because it's okay fire doesn't mean you have to 
uh, do a short answer. Um, the other question is, uh, finish this phrase. The way to my heart is. <laughs> the way to my heart is. Ooh, the way to my heart is. Acts of service. Mm. I love when people. Oh, that's your love language. Yeah. Love that. Definitely. Coming back home and seeing that things have been done. That's like, yeah. <laughs> I feel so, I'm like instantly, oh my God, love this. I yeah. love that person so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when do you feel most alive? Oh, when I feel the most alive. Um, I can say um okay so I have two answers for that one of the times where I feel the most alive is when I am doing something outdoors like going for a hike or um achieving something with my body mm. that really it gets me every time but also every time that uh, my clients achieve something that they wanted to then I feel so happy and so hyper <laughs> that it takes me sometimes I need to calm myself down because I was not late at night I need to go to bed but I'm just like <sighs> you know <laughs> I love that that's amazing that you have work that lights you up like that that's how I knew it was it was the one <laughs> yeah for now at least yeah 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 okay and what is your favorite part about being queer that I get to live a different life, that my life is not cut by a cookie cutter pattern and everything is different. I get to choose. I don't have that pressure um, to get married, have babies, settle mm-hmm. down. I, we have dogs. Uh, well, we have one dog, but we're going to have more. And <laughs> we, we're definitely not going to have kids. So <laughs> everyone understand, right? Because it's like, oh, you're queer, so it's fine. yeah I think my life has been really way more interesting just because I'm gay yeah so I'm grateful for that (laughs) I love that I'm happy for you thank you well thank you so much for being here and is there any like last message you want to give to anyone who's listening who might be like struggling with who they are and sharing that with the world it's worth it Mm. be brave it's worth Mm. it (laughs) even if um even if it's hard it's so worth it yeah yeah thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure thank you Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, 
I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at self-expressed babe. And that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you next time.